0: Well, thank you to our worship team. It's great to be worshiping God together and good to see everybody. Uh, I'm excited to uh, be able to talk today. We're continuing our series here on Holy, the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book that a lot of us have been reading. And uh, today is actually my last time to be able to talk about this. So I'm going to try to share a few personal things that have kind of related to the book as we're going through. And uh, as we get started here, I'm excited to introduce you kind of virtually to, oh, that's the topic here. Let's see where my picture is. There, there he is. Tate Daniel Boyer, uh, R.C., I mean, uh, Lulu and Poncho's uh, grand, grandson born uh, to his son, Chris. And I think Samantha is, is the mom's name. So uh, I hear grandparent life is pretty awesome. So they are enjoying life. Look at Pancho, he, He's smiling uh, through his mask there that you can't believe it. And uh, what an amazing uh, joy. It's been fun to get all the texts and see the joy. And today we're talking about growing healthy relationships. So it kind of ties in to new life and, and growth. And uh, so we're excited to meet the, the big guy in person. And uh, as we get started, uh, I had a picture there somewhere, but it's gone. Uh, you know, to think about God's plan for our lives is he wants us to be growing healthy relationships. That he's actually growing love and acceptance and everything inside of us to be able to Connect with him primarily, but then to connect with everyone else that that is his design and when you look around, a lot of relationships don't look too healthy, do they you know you, you you see time after time of just broken relationships and you know even you know people that we're close to that are having issues and problems and separating and people that we grew up with and You know, it is awesome to know that God has given us the plan for healthy relationships, that he could take broken people and make healthy relationships. And as I'm looking back here, uh, it's awesome to have Kelsey Rock with us today. I just noticed her right there. uh, So it's good that Kelsey and Jake were uh, a couple of our ministers here that were here for about four years and had two of their babies here. So they will never forget us. <laughs> and uh, we're excited to have you here and to be able to catch up with you today. So it's great to talk about relationships and have you here. So Amen. um the first six chapters of the book were really about us connecting with God and, and having time with him and meditating on scripture and listening to worship music and Taking Sabbaths where we get times off with just to contemplate God, to rest in Him and realize our and focus on our emotions. Not, not solely focus on our emotions, that could be dangerous. But to be able to take our emotions to Christ. To be able to know what we're feeling and to be able to express and connect with God and others. And then as you go through the, the book here, it has one chapter on relationships. Six chapters on us relating to God and being emotionally healthy. And one chapter on relationships. I thought that was probably because relationships is the easy part. Just kidding. You know, you think, man, there's so much on me and God. And in so many ways, that's the easy part. And now he wants us to connect to one another. And actually, I realized he has a whole other series on that. And it made me feel a lot better. Like, okay, it's worthy of a whole focus... But it's amazing, and I hope that you've been trying to practice some of the principles from from the book that we've been reading. You know, this Thursday was the first time we took a Sabbath day together. So it has been where Danielle has been doing some work on Mondays, and I've been Sabbathing on Mondays, and she's been doing it on Thursdays. And so this was the first time we did it together, and it was a really interesting experience, you know, the night before we had meetings till like 11 o'clock at night and so we're going to bed and there's just all these things going through. You know how that is when you have a, you just have all these things going through your mind. It's kind of an unsettling feeling until you get to really pray about it and everything. And so we woke up, had a, we had, we went up to Morongo and had a long hike up in uh, the big Morongo there. But the um, interesting part was that we both wanted to listen to our own music right so we hiked for like an hour and she's listening to her music and I'm listening to my music and it was actually really good right I mean we were really enjoying it and at some point during the walk I realized about myself I'm having a lot of fun just doing my own thing here (laughs) listening to my own music that there is a fierce independence that I share anybody else have that you don't have to raise your hand Okay, but so here I'm walking and we're taking Sabbath and I'm realizing that Danielle is a little bit independent, too. And so we're two independent people trying to connect and love each other. And that was just good to know, you know, like Socrates, or if you're in the Bill and Ted's generation, Socrates. (laughs) Know thyself. So much about it is knowing who you are so that you can relate to others. So the fact that I know that I'm independent and God wants me to be interdependent, where I have connections with other people, I get to push myself or encourage, be encouraged by the scriptures to connect because naturally I want to go hike by myself. And yet God wants us to be connected to one another. And so I thought that was just an amazing time. We did have some great time together to pray and and talk and everything. But I don't know, it was so hard just to even go through one day without working, without thinking about, you know, and of course this weekend we had like all kinds of stuff going on and it's just like planning the new year and having the service and having the leaders meeting and doing the budget and and so for that whole day it was all out war just to try to stay connected to God and not try to work. And I don't know, I hope that you continue, that we continue this effort to realize that God is a lot bigger than you. That if I dedicate a day to him, that he's going to come through on the other six days. That sounds easy, doesn't it? But continue to try that, and I will too, and we'll see how God amazes us with his miracles. I wanted to share a little bit about the uh, retreat that we some of us went to as everyone was making fun of the name, Awful Marriage Retreat. But the idea to be in awe of God, and when you're in awe of God, then it puts everything else in perspective. And I feel it's the same with loving one another. When we're in awe of Jesus, it helps us to see one another. And these are pictures from space. And the one on the left is Detroit, Toronto, and Cleveland. But you just look at it from space and it just looks amazing. It looks so beautiful. And the other one is like a view of the Indian Ocean. But they did a survey and this was what he talked about last week. As Ray said, all the married people went to fix all their problems. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the idea that everyone that went into space, they did a study and they came back and they were wanting to connect with people more. They were feeling the desire for people to come together in a more unified way, that they embarked in in meditation to really reflect. And they had an inspiration to want to volunteer. And that was just regular people that went up into space. But imagine what it's like when you are in awe of God, that you want to have all those same things. You want to be connected. You want to help others. You want to make a difference You want to meditate on God and just be in awe of him. And he talked about the small self or small ego. And think about that in terms of loving one another. When our ego is small, when our self is small, then we're able to think more highly of others. We're able to think about their needs more and not feel like everything revolves around us. He mentioned in the book that we're all born narcissists. Where the world revolves around us. You know, how many people have little kids? Would you say that's true? The world revolves around what I want and what I want to eat and my, what my snack is and what show I'm going to watch. And, and hopefully as we mature, it becomes less like that. But as, a, you know, why did we even start this series? Did you ever think about that? We, this year, we've gone through some different series because we need to mature as Christians. Yeah. You know, we went through and we talked about faith, hope, and love at the beginning of the year. Why? Because we were having a hard time with faith, hope, and loving one another and loving God and all the things that were going on. And we went through the book of James. Why do we go through the book of James? Because it talked about how those Christians were having a hard time accepting one another. That they were judging one another on this and that and based on their, their culture and their backgrounds. And the reason that we started this series is because we all needed to need to mature, not every single person, but just as a whole. That we have a lot of Christians who have been Christians for a long time that God, I believe, wanted to get us deeper, wanted us to grow and be more in touch with him and with those around us. I pray that you have taken it to heart because we're almost done. You know, the good thing is we can continue to grow and mature as we go on. I know sometimes when we hear we're doing a series, some people decide not to do it. Like, oh, I don't... I don't like that, I don't like that book, or I don't think that's biblical, or we don't need to do this, and you know, that is our choice, but that can be seen as the choice of a fiercely independent person, and I do that too. When other people have ideas, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that, but when I have an idea, I'm like, oh man, this is the best thing ever, everybody's got to do this. But sometimes God wants us to open up to what the Spirit is doing and continue to help us to grow deeper. And so today we're going to look at three scriptures. And I'm taking a pretty big risk because you guys already know what these scriptures are. Even as I show you that screen, a lot of people could probably memorize the first one. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. The second one is greater love has no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. Heard that one before? The third one's pretty, pretty uh, common, not quite as popular maybe, but the idea of adding to our faith goodness and knowledge and love and friendship and all these things. And the issue isn't do we know the scriptures, but do we really know the scriptures. When, when, we, when our kids were little, we every once in a while, pretty frequently, they liked this one, but we would say, hey, we're doing our family devotional and we're doing it on Noah's Ark. And immediately, they would both start chirping out like, oh, I know this one. I, I know, we don't even need to do it. I mean, I could tell you all about it. The two animals go in two by two and the rain comes and the boat goes up and then they all, the rainbow at the end. And From a child's mind, that sounds like a great story. But to really think about, wow, this guy was called to build a boat before it ever rained. So he's building a boat not knowing what rain is because God said it was going to rain and somehow this massive boat that's the size of Texas practically is going to float on this stuff that he's never seen come out of the sky. And he stood against the entire world to do this and was mocked and ridiculed for an entire year until it was done. And then the door was shut and he lived through that as everyone else died. It's like, you know, do you really know what Noah was all about? And even today, as we talk about love coming from God, the question isn't, do do you know it? but do you really know it? Do you feel it? Is it something that motivates us and guides us day by day by day? I had an example of this at the, our marriage retreat, and they had a moment where you just would stare at your, you know, into the eyes, just gaze into the eyes of your spouse. So we were doing that for a while, and maybe five or ten seconds into it, I see Danielle's eyes. They just start like swelling up and watering and tears start coming out not a lot but a few and as she's she's you know you could just tell she's in the zone there (laughs) and the whole time I'm just like it's not coming you know it's just not (laughs) I'm like should I try to pinch myself maybe it'll you know But it was one of those moments where I just realized, man, I'm really missing out on something great here. And maybe some of you feel that way with your emotions, that you're not sure where they are and you're not, other people are connecting and you kind of look at them and you're like, I don't know what's going on. And if you're one of those people, your spouse is probably tapping your leg right now and being like, yeah, you're, that's you. But the whole point of the story is that God's the one that's looking at us tearing up. And most of us are looking up to him and we're not, we are don't get it. And we're like, there's something great happening, but I just am not there. And I pray that today helps us to get just a little bit closer. Now, you think about relationships in the Bible. There were some really interesting and messed up relationships in the bible i mean you just go through the 12 patriarchs and just look at this is the foundation of our faith and there was fighting and there was battles and there was attempted murders and you just go man these guys struggled to love one another they struggled to have healthy relationships And then you look in the New Testament and you go, wow, after Jesus came, they got the Holy Spirit, oh man, it's going to get a lot better. It doesn't get much better. You see Paul and Barnabas, it says in in the book of Acts that they had a sharp disagreement and parted ways. And you just picture Luke writing that and just say, I don't know what to say about this. They just... They yelled at each other and they went separate ways or they, whatever it was, it wasn't good. They didn't like practice Matthew 18 there and just, you know, talk to one another and get people involved and then the church got there. No, they just disagreed and left. And they were going to work it out later. And you go, yeah, that's, that's not good. That Paul and uh, Peter got into it publicly. Over preferential treatment that Peter was showing to Jews versus Gentiles, and they had a full on argument about that. That he, that Paul wrote a letter to Philippi because two women named Eudia and Sinchi weren't getting along. And so you might think, like, wow, we all know what you're supposed to do in the Bible. You, you have something wrong, and you could just go talk to them, and it's just easy, right? Couple, just a short conversation. You have a prayer and everything's good. And here's these women that they probably tried for a long time to get along and they still hadn't gotten along. And so my point is that we're not alone. That God still has had hope for them as he has hope for us. Let's look in uh, Matthew, uh, John 13 here. We'll read a scripture finally says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And you can imagine this discussion is right after Jesus went around and washed everybody's feet. And then he got to Peter and Peter's like, Jesus, no, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus was pretty insistent. And he says, well, okay, if you're going to wash my feet, then you're going to wash my hands, and you're going to wash my head too. And I don't know what you would have been thinking, but I would have been like, Peter, you just need to shut it. <laughs> like, who do you think you are? This is Jesus? You need to just get with the program. So even then, they're having relational issues probably as Jesus is washing their feet. And maybe you wouldn't have been struggling, but I would have been. And now he's calling them all to connect with his love that he just did. And connect with the love that they're going to see in, a few, in the, next, the next day on the cross. And share that with the world. You know, if I asked you right now, and some of you are visiting from out of town, if I asked you, is your church growing? Think about that for a minute. Is your church growing? And a lot of us, we've grown up in a similar church. And so when we, think it, when we hear that, what do we start thinking of? Are we having, are we having baptisms? You know? Are we having more and more people come out? You know, are we growing numerically? And here, Jesus isn't really talking about growing numerically. I think that's a part of it. I'm not going to get into that whole debate. But are we growing in our love like Christ? Are we growing where people can feel Jesus just by meeting us? That sometimes we get it so backwards that we think that, you know, in order to be a good Christian, i got to get people to come to church. And, and that's okay. We, we like people coming to church. But when you're around people, Jesus says, help them to see his love whether it's a one-on-one conversation, whether it's a small group, whatever it is, that they can see that Christ is in you. And for some of us, that's going to take a long time to kind of get it out of our head that being a good Christian is not just bringing someone to church. It's having a good talk with someone in need. It's helping someone that is hurting and no one else sees. It's praying for your your co-worker when you know stuff about their, their life and how they need help. That's what Jesus is talking about. What he really wants from us is to figure out how much does he love you and how can I show that to other people? How can I get people around you guys, not here at church only, but to see, just be around you? And if we're doing our job, he's gonna, they're going to see the love of Christ. And the rest is God's job, and he's going to take care of that. But even this week, while the women were here having their midweek service, we had a few guys together to play poker. And I know some people probably don't think that's a very Christian thing to do. But we didn't invite them. <laughs> <laughs> but we had... People come, you know, we all got together, and we didn't do anything special. We just hung out, we ate food, we played poker, we just enjoyed each other's company. And it was the most amazing thing that by the end of the night, this guy, he's in his mid-40s, he's a real macho dude. By the end of the night, he's kind of like hugging each of the guys as he's leaving, and I'm just noted, I'm just taking it all in. Like, wow, we just had church at our house, you know. And you know, Poncho was there, and he was, you know, his normal crazy self, and you know, breaking the ice, and you know, one of Abe's buddies, and it was just like, wow, this is what Jesus was talking about. They saw, he saw something, and he's like, yeah, I go to this regular poker game, and it's, it's nothing like this. I mean, we have pots that are like five and $600 with just six guys. And he's like, I like this a lot better. It's just like the big loser was like 30 bucks. <laughs> but that's I, if I could help us to see that is you sharing your faith, helping your friends to be around people that love Jesus, not only at church, but anywhere that they can just see Christ in them. You know, our neighbors had us over for dinner Friday. And we're just having dinner, enjoying a great meal, and they start asking us about our lives. And all of a sudden, they're asking us all these questions about why we became ministers and how our lives changed. And we're sharing, like, all these deep secrets about how we used to pray and how messed up we were. And and it was like we weren't, like, trying. It wasn't like... Oh, now we gotta, you know, share about Jesus. No, we're just talking to our friends. You know, they just wanted to, to hear and, and we were amazed at all the stuff that they were doing. She owns a nonprofit, and we're just like, wow, this lady is amazing. Yeah. And it was just sharing our faith, having dinner. And why do I share all that? That's what God wants from you. It's not just, hey, you want to come to my church. How can I love people around me? How can I serve them? How can I cook for them? How can I have fun with them? How can I help them to see more Jesus today than they saw yesterday? We went out. My buddy's moving out of town. We went and played golf to to say goodbye. And we were playing with this older couple, Jerome and Margie. And it was like the most encouraging thing. We had, we played all the round and we start talking about what we do and she was a, uh, a co, executive coach and therapist for 50 years. This lady was incredible. And he didn't say much about what he did. He just said he helps lawyers make more money. So I don't know what he did, but he, <laughs> for whatever that was. And at the end of the whole thing, They said to me, they're like, thank you so much for what you do. That's really hard. That's hard work. And it was just like, wow, I needed that. And God looks at what you guys do in the same kind of way, like, thank you for loving people. That's hard work. Loving in our mind is is like what... Easy, right? It's like everything's great and we're happy and crying and clapping all the time. But loving is hard. It's difficult. And I believe Jesus is looking at you and going, man, thank you for what you do. That is hard work. Danielle's friend even shared with her, she said, you know what, I've never met a real Christian before who really like does this. And they've been hanging out, you know, weekly for I don't know, like a year or something over the covid, they're walking and everything. But just to see, man, we forget what it is like to see people that know Christ. And my hope is that you'll be inspired by an old scripture. As you love like Christ, people see that in you. And in me. There's no real points today in case you're waiting for a point. It's just <laughs> growing healthy relationships and those three scriptures, that's all. You know when you're going to talk and you recognize that you're kind of all over the place? That was me today, so bear with me. Hopefully, you're, it, it, hopefully you can get some things out of this. We'll go to John 15. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this... To lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. That's a great scripture just to meditate on. To love each other. To lay down your life for one another. To be friends. Not just church friends, but be friends. Love each other. Take his commands and do them. And he says, loving me is obeying my commands. And we're not just like robots that obey commands, but we're motivated by Christ. And we trust that this, this is the best thing for me, is to follow this command that he's given me. You know, uh, I just appreciate how we take care of one another. You know, this past uh, month, has been hard for a number of our members. You know, we've had three three brothers that have lost parents. You know, Chris, who we prayed for today, and Mark Avila lost his dad, and and Tyrone Baker, his mom. You know, and just to know that, man, we're there for each other, that we have each other's back because Christ has our back. And it kind of hit me as all this is happening, because my parents were in town visiting, and they're 85 and 83, and just thinking like, man, that's coming. You know, and I, I appreciate the faithfulness of, of these brothers. And, you know, I, I know for me, I just, I just share that because I, I'm trying to connect with my emotions wherever they are. And that's where they are. That's where they've been. And if, you know, bear with me if uh, that's elementary. But I think to really be able to pray and be there for each other in need. You know, just even seeing that Chris Daughtry's daughter died this week. We grew up watching American Idol with Chloe, and he was one of my favorite guys, and just thinking, man, he's just like us. You know, dealing with pain and grief and and searching for answers. You know, I hope you've taken the time during this series to look at your life. To think about where am I broken so that Christ can put me back together. And I was thinking about it, why is it so helpful when we share the Word of God with other people. Why is that such a good thing for us when we see people coming to faith? And I think for me, it's because it reminds me that without, with, that I'm broken too. It reminds me of how broken I was without Christ. Because it's easy to feel like I'm good, isn't it? It's easy to feel like, man, I'm, I'm, I feel great. I wake up happy. I'm, you know, My life is good. And it's good to be reminded, man, we are, I'm broken without Christ. It, it was help, healthy and helpful for me just to think about some of the different pains that happened growing up. You know, my brother leaving the house at, at six. When I was six, he was 18. But I, I hadn't thought about this in forever, but just thinking, man, they got in a massive blowout fight and then all of a sudden, my brother was gone, never to move back in again. And I had never really, hadn't really thought about it too much, but just thinking, man, I hated my dad for that. At six years old, I was, all, I was pretty ticked, because it was his fault in my little mind. I'm sure there was a lot more that went into it now that I've grown up a bit, but at that time... You know, and to think about, even from a young age, I was a bully in elementary school. Some of you teach elementary school. The kid that goes around and punches other kids in the arm, you're not allowed to do that anymore, probably. Some of the guys, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, Sean. But that was me. That was me. I was the guy punching everybody in the arm. And I think back and I go, man, what in the world? I remember one day I I missed my friend's arm and I hit him right in the face (gasps) as he was getting on the bus. You know, you just try to get one last shot in. and, And it just destroyed us at that point. And I just think, man, I thought, you know, because my parents were together and everything, I always felt like, man, my life was good. But then I realized there was so much brokenness that, came in in so many different ways. And then purity and insecurity and friendships. I didn't have good friendships with women until I was like in my 20s. And just thinking like here I'm thinking everything is great. And I'm walking around broken and shallow. And I think for me and for all of us, it's good to remember where we come from. It's good to remember how God has put us back together. That when he shared these words, love each other as I have loved you. Lay down your life as I have laid down my life for you. Even when you were broken. Now you have friend, you have a friend in me, you have a friend in those who follow me. And I pray that as we continue to go through this year as a church, that we continue to grow. I got a lot more to say, but not a lot of time to say it. But uh, let's have conversations with each other, too. You know, there's a book called Crucial Conversations. I know a lot of you have read it or heard about it but to be able to express to one another when we're doing wrong or when we feel hurt or whatever's going on, to be able to give each other that chance to explain themselves. You know, I was going to go through the whole thing today, but you can, you can Google that. You can probably find a YouTube video on crucial conversations that you can figure that out. But I, my prayer is that as a church that we'll continue to grow in our love. I believe that this is the need for our church. Hands down. That he wants us to figure out how to deeply love one another. And that the world is going to see that. And that will be a sharing of our faith. You know, imagine if, you know, we've been experiencing kids across the country. I mentioned that a few times. Our kids live on the East Coast now. But we've had those moments when we call them up and they don't pick up. You know what I mean? I know that they go like this. You know, I I do it. You know, admit it. We all do it, right? But they look at it and they go, ah, didn't make the list. (laughs) Or you wonder, like, maybe they're so stressed out that they don't want to pick up. Or you think, well, maybe they're having just so much fun that they don't want to pick up. You just, you don't know what's going on, and you know they tend to call only when there's problems. So you kind of get this like problem, like you feel like there's problems going on all the time when that's just when they call me. But imagine, you know, we catch up every after a week or so, or, or maybe less. We catch up and we connect, and it's all good. We're, we're all back to good again. But imagine if they didn't call back. For like a month. Wouldn't that be kind of weird? Then you would start to feel like, man, I'm kind of being used here. (laughs) Right? I'm paying for whatever, and I don't even get a phone call back. You start to get hurt. Or imagine if it was two months. You know, think about it, and I'm going somewhere with this, so just kind of go with it for a minute, okay? (laughs) Okay? I'm not just telling you about my kids just because it's kind of fun. No, there's a point. <laughs> it is fun, but there's a point. But imagine if it was reversed. If they called me and I just went. Because when they're calling me, it's like an emergency usually. Like today, they were like, my phone died. What do I do? You know, I'm like, oh, too, too bad. Imagine if I did that for a week. For a month for two months wow that's that's bad, right all the parents are going man you're in the bad parent club if you do that because it, it it becomes not just it's inconvenient to talk it becomes man we're not close like there's a love problem here this is not just inconvenient, and yet think about it with some of our Friends at church. I'm going to go there. That's where I'm going with this. You know, sometimes we call and nobody calls back. And that's okay. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they're stressed. Maybe they're on vacation. Maybe they're having a good time. And then sometimes that happens like a week and no call back. And like a month or two months, that's no call back. And you go, man, it's not about are you at church? It's not about, did you come to family group? Did you check the box? I think we're past that. But it's like, man, do you, do you love us? Do you lo- I mean, this is, it's not a, a phone call. It's a love issue. Love like Christ. Is it th- that fiercely independent? Yeah, we are that way too. And that's where we need to know that I need to be connected. I need to return phone calls. I need to be available. I need to pray with you and vice versa. And yet I think, imagine for a second, let me just go one step further, okay? Imagine if you're leading a small group in this church. I'm going there. And you're not getting paid, and you have a really intense job, and people in your small group don't call you back, or they don't respond, not just for a couple days when they're out of town, but for like a month or two, or ever. How does that feel? And amen. I love our small group leaders, they're not going to quit, but they, I mean, if they could, they might at times. Not because people aren't checking the box of attendance. What does it say? Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. That's what we're trying to do for each other. We're laying down our lives for each other. And Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command That it's a Jesus issue. It's a love issue. There's something wrong with the connection with Christ. And I'm not talking about COVID issues and I'm not talking about people that are nervous about that and are devoted. We have a lot of people that are devoted online. I know you're watching this. And you're connected to your family group and you're sending encouragement. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about conversations that have been had for years. Not just one or two months. And I know that I'm here and I'm kind of preaching to the choir. Right? But that's where I feel like Jesus is leading us in love. To grow, to connect, to not just put it on all of us to have those conversations, but to love one another. Something that we're still growing in. That's what we've been really trying to do this entire year. Guess what? We haven't arrived. <laughs> but God wants us to continue to grow to be more and more like his son. I'm not down on anybody. You you know how I roll. I'm... I'm all about grace i'm all about being positive but this is something that has been kind of heavy on my heart and so thank you for listening and i hope we take it to heart uh, as well so let's pray and we'll take our communion together father we do thank you for this time thank you for the depth of your love god that we can think about you on the cross looking at each one of us with eyes that are swelling up with tears, not because of the pain that you were going through, but because of your intense and desperate love for each of us. God, please help us to connect. Help us to not miss it, to, to not look away, but really to get what your love means to us. God, I pray for our fellowship, God, that we can continue to love one another as you have loved us. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.